It is player ranking season. What they're already saying kind of about the Orlando Magic and their young players and why there's still so much left to prove. Plus, we go locked off Magic again to preview the Tampa Bay Bucks season as they try to reload, not rebuild. We get to all that on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic. Today is August 17th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter there at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, The Athletic has put out their semi-statistical. Seth Partnow of The Athletic puts out his tier system for the top 50 players in the NBA. Three Magic players on the list. Why everyone's not quite bought into the Magic yet and why... That's just more fuel to the fire and things that this team has to prove. We'll get to that. Plus, we're going to go locked off magic. Talk to locked on Bucks. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm blanking on the name now. Uh, talk to locked on Bucks, James Yarko, all about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the season ahead. We did it with the Jaguars early this week. Go back into our archives and check that episode out. A lot of similarities between where the Magic and Jaguars are. Great, great conversation. Uh, about team building. And I think both of these conversations are are both interesting to other teams in the area because we don't have much to talk about, but also great ideas that that cross over sports. So we'll we'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team Every day. Before we dive into our conversation uh, about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, we got a couple things going on here in Magic World. The NBA schedule is coming out Thursday at 3 p.m. We will have an article up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Probably within the hour after the schedule comes out, I am going to go through the schedule um, and kind of highlight some things on the schedule there. Um, we talked about the in-season tournament uh, schedule on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, so definitely go back and, and take a listen to that. Uh, we will have our roadmap, and so we will have that uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com around 4. I am hoping beyond hope to record and publish a new episode of Locked on Magic by 6 o'clock. Literally, my plan at the moment is to go game by game and break down the schedule, and and, and we'll just, just get, get your calendars out, write them all down. I'll highlight the key games. Highlight the key moments in the season, the big pressure points, the big talking points that we will have this coming season. So we have that to look forward to. I'm hoping to get that episode out early on Thursday. You'll certainly have it Friday if you're a morning listener. So uh, I'm hoping to publish that that episode early, just like I did yesterday uh, with the in-season tournament episode. But let's start here. Um, Before we we get to the schedule, before we get to the bigger conversations uh, about the about team building and 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 and, and some off topic conversations uh, coming up in a minute. Um, this is a season that's about proving yourself. Um, I keep bringing this point up. I keep hammering it home. Hopefully, by repeating it, I get you all to believe and have the same expectations that I do. Because you know, I see people you know who have frankly unrealistic expectations about this team. I see people who are pessimistic about this team and. 
not all of it's unfounded. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong to believe that. Um, the, maybe the forcefulness of how wrong, uh, uh, forcefulness of your belief is, is what I probably disagree with more than the actual point of it all. Um, but this is a season for the Orlando Magic to prove themselves. Um, I am not expecting the Magic to get many national TV games. Maybe they get one. Maybe they get two. They're not getting a TNT game unless it's, you know, at Portland, which why would they put the Magic at Portland knowing that Portland's probably about to lose Damian Lillard? The Magic aren't going to get many, aren't going to get any TNT games. They're probably going to have five or six NBA TV games. If they're lucky, they'll get two ESPN games. Um, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. The TV partners, the rest of the league, they're not going to put their trust in you until you prove what you're capable of doing. Um, and that's what this season is. On Seth Partnow's uh, player project, player rankings for the 2024 season, and he admits that he is that he would rather be late on a player jumping up a tier than early on a player jumping up a tier. He's got three Magic players in the top 50. Mark L. Fultz is a tier five player that is impactful role players. Tier four is elite role players and potential maybe stars. That's where Franz Wagner is as a, an elite, elite role player. He doesn't quite see him as a star quite yet. We certainly do. And Paolo Bancaro has, he has in tier four as well. In the upper end of tier four, saying, pretty much writing that, look, Paolo Bancaro does all the things that a star needs to be able to do. Now he's just got to do it more efficiently. And that to me, honestly, is, at least in the national perspective, the perfect encapsulation of what the Magic are trying to accomplish this year. What the Magic are trying to do this year is to show, to, to, to kind of make it known that they are not just that cute young team. That they are a team that is going to be consistent night in and night out. And, and frankly, the only way that you convince everyone of that is to do it. Like that, at the end of the day, that's kind of what's on the line for the Magic this year. It's to show not only themselves and the franchise and the organization and the decision makers, but to show the entire league that they can do it. That they can do it night in, night out. Game one, game 40, game 55, game 78, game 33. That, that, that this is a team that's going to be a factor, that's going to be a tough out, that's going to be able to win games on a night-to-night basis. And that's what, you know, you know, again, we would talk about it so much. That's what leveling up is for this team is proving that they can do it, that they can be that consistent outfit, that consistent group, that group that is just able to win and able to compete and able to make the playoffs. And, Once the Magic make the playoffs, once the Magic are in the postseason, then everyone's going to believe. Why is everyone talking so highly about the Thunder? The Thunder made the play-in tournament last year. Shea Gildas-Alexander was an all-NBA player last year. There is belief that they will continue to grow in that direction. We all saw it. We all sat. We all watched the Magic do do it all year, but the nation didn't. The 5-20 and start was just too big of an anchor 
And while Paolo Bancaro was fantastic and everyone recognized how fantastic he was, they want to see a little bit more. And so, you know, I look at the player rankings like this, and, and we'll get the top 100 from Sports Illustrated. We'll get plenty more player rankings before the season starts. I would expect the Magic to add Wendell Carter to the top 100. Maybe Cole Anthony gets in there um, into that top 100. This is a Magic team that, you know, by all accounts has three top 50 players, but no one outside the top 40. And if you want to be an elite team, obviously, you got to get to that top 10, top 15 players in the league. To, and winning helps inform that that player is that good. It's a chicken or an egg. Winning a, a great player helps a team win. Winning helps everyone consider that that player is a great player. That's simple. Um, and that's what the Magic are out to prove this year. That they can do that. Now, what's great, and I think what's really encouraging is that the Magic seem to understand this work ahead of them. You know, Franz Wagner's out with Team Germany, showing the growth and showing promise and showing, you know, hopefully that he's really good. He's he's made some major strides. And look, Sunday's game against the United States is a big, big test for him. I know it's a friendly, but it's a huge test for him. Paolo Bancaro was doing that by playing for Team USA, accepting a smaller role and working on things around his game, becoming more efficient in ways beyond his shooting. Efficiency is going to be a big thing for him this year. Um, and working out with Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and trying to be a sponge, as Isaiah Thomas described, on the Gilbert Arena show. There is every sign that this Magic team is going to make the growth that feels so promised. But... As much as we're optimistic about it, those pessimists have a point. You aren't good until you prove you're good. And while the Magic have done some really, really impressive things, and the Magic have positioned themselves and set themselves up to be a team that's going to be a factor in the postseason race. To, like I am still not afraid to say it. I think the Magic can win Group C of the play-in tournament, of the in-season tournament. I think the Magic can be a factor. But I'm not going to... You know, like I, I I said that hot take. I will repeat that hot take. I believe they can. I'm not saying they will. I believe they can. Um, people people laughed at me at that. And and look, I, I will agree. Like the Magic haven't proven anything. The Celtics have proven a lot. Magic haven't proven anything. And at the end of the day, that's what this season's about. So when the schedule comes out Thursday, the Magic aren't going to get the respect that Magic fans feel they deserve. They're going to get shafted on national TV appearances. If the Magic get more than two ESPN or TNT games, I will be shocked. I expect them to get a few. I expect them to get at least one. Hopefully it's at the Amway Center. Those games mean something. Um, they matter. TNT games especially mean something. They matter. Um, and they feel bigger. Um, and for a young team, it's important for them to feel that. Uh, but I'm expecting one, maybe two ESPN games. Because respect in this league is earned. And while the Magic have intrigued plenty of people, they haven't earned that respect. And if you're looking for an overarching theme for this season, there it is. Prove your consistency. Earn your respect. And all the accolades and all the extra stuff will come. 
We're going to chat with Locked On Bucks, learn a little bit about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season coming up. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is right around the corner. Football season is right around the corner. NFL preseason in full effect. College football just two Saturdays away. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that as a Northwestern fan. I know all you UCF fans are very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it for them as well. But FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can bet bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So even if you even if you don't think the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl, you could get a bonus bet every time they win if you bet the Bucks anyway. And look, those are good odds. I mean, Baker Mayfield, right? 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 Oh, no, I, I can't even sell that. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter who. And you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Speaking of NFL, when we come back, we will chat Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Locked On Bucks as we go Locked Off Magic coming up in just a moment. And we are locked off magic once again. I'm joined today by James Yarcho. Yarcho? Yarko? Uh, uh, Yarko. Yarko. See, I, that's, the stuff, that's the stuff you got to ask before you start recording, Philip. Um, I'm joined by James Yarko of Locked On Bucks. We're going to we hit the Jaguars earlier. We're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the other uh, team that uh, that lays at least uh, broadcast ownership claims to Central Florida. Um, James, first, before we get going, how you doing? I'm doing all right, ready for football season to finally start. And, and you know, we got the preseason going, which is fine. You know, there's certain things to watch for in the preseason, but there's nothing like regular season NFL. Yeah, yeah. That's that's generally how I feel about most sports is the preseason's good because it just it just like kind of whets the appetite, but it's like this is all fake but everything's made up and the points don't matter and uh you know you know we're we're we'll we'll, we'll get to our preseason here on the magic side, but um Obviously, there's like one place we have to start when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, uh, it's it's the unavoidable question. Uh, Tom Brady's gone. There's a big quarterback battle between Kyle Trask and, and Baker Mayfield. Um, what's what's kind of the, the 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 tone of the the quarterback battle? You know, we're we're still at a fairly early stage in the preseason. I know it's a three three game preseason, one game's down, so we're not that early anymore. It's not that early in the morning anymore, but. Um, where 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 are the Bucks at in, in trying to figure out a replacement to someone who's frankly irreplaceable? <laughs> well, when they signed Baker, my co-host David Harrison and I basically flat out said, like, this is going to be your starter. The they're not going out and signing Baker Mayfield for no reason. But then they talk about the quarterback competition and and Kyle Trask has been there for two years, stuttering studying under Tom Brady. He was a late bloomer in high school. He was a late bloomer in Florida. You know, this kid should have an opportunity to win this job. So they talked about this quarterback competition. And, you know, you host the Locked On Magic. I host Locked On Bucks. There's a lot of Gator fans that are fans of the Magic, fans of the Bucks, fans of, of you know, a bunch of different professional teams in Florida. So you have your very pro Kyle Trask contingent going on that this kid needs a fair shot. He's going to be great if he actually gets an opportunity. 
He can sling the ball. He will lead them to more wins than Baker could. Baker's a failure, yada, yada, yada. The storylines go on and on. But then you have the other side, which is the side that I kind of fell on even before free agency started. I made a case as to why Baker Mayfield made sense for the Buccaneers. When Tom Brady retired the first time, the Buccaneers were interested in Baker Mayfield. They, they were inquiring about trading for him. Bruce Arians liked him a lot. They felt that they could win with Baker. Dave Canales, the new offensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks, they inquired about trading for Baker Mayfield after Russell Wilson went to Denver. So you have kind of a combination of things now where the team is all, was already interested in Baker. They bring in a new offensive coordinator who was also already interested in Baker, and the things kind of started lining up that he was going to be the guy. Then you get to training camp, and all of a sudden, oh, Baker's throwing all these interceptions. Kyle Trask is protecting the football. Maybe this is closer than we thought. I don't think it is. And, and there's already a report out from a really reliable reporter. His sources tell him that Baker's the starter week one. I talked about it on, on Locked on Bucks on my Monday episode. Uh, so if any of your listeners want to go back and hear that, you know, you can, you can check that out, but it it's, it, it's kind of a, a tough balancing act, right? Trask has been really impressive in practice in training camp, which is more than I can say for when I watched him over the last two years, when I was down there and, and watching him play and thinking this kid's not it, he has stepped up. He has played better, but Baker is the more experienced, the more composed fits the offense better and you're in a situation where Baker's going to take the risks in training camp. Trask is out there trying not to take risks and just to play sound football to try to win this job. You get into the preseason game. Baker's eight for nine, has a touchdown pass, no interceptions, no fumbles, no sacks. Kyle Trask ends up six for, I believe it was 11 or six for 10, had an interception, sacked three times. It was a very, very different look when they had the same line in front of them, the same weapons around them. So it, to me, barring anything catastrophic, Baker Mayfield's a starter week one, and it's a, he's a guy that gets a bad rap. He, he deserves this opportunity, and he's not as bad as national media or, or other people are trying to make him out to be. Yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like, you know, there's the Bucs are like in this really weird spot. Um, mm. and, 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 you know, I think, I think, you know, at least in the NBA, I know the and turnarounds in the NFL are much quicker than they can be in the, in the NBA, just because one player makes such a big impact. And in the NFL, there's yeah. just all these moving pieces and there's a lot of variability with how few games there are, but like, there's always this, this tension. It feels like when you have a young, when you have a team that's capable of winning, the, the bucks have made the playoffs the last three years, you know, the NFC South was what it was last year. They still won the division. They still had a home playoff game for what was it? The second straight year, second straight year. They, mm -hmm. they, they still, they still have all the weapons that made everyone, you know, that won a lot of the weapons, at least that won the Super Bowl two years ago, that were a, a major contender for the Super Bowl, you know, the last, the last couple seasons as well, last couple seasons as well. And so you don't want to necessarily, you know, you have those weapons and it should be a boost for a young player, but at the same time, um, you don't want to completely turn that over to someone who you don't really know what they're going to do with it. Um, because you know, especially, you know, professional sports in general, but the NFL, especially that window is really small for a lot of these guys. And, and, and 
you know, you, you don't know, you know, Mike Evans has had, had a down year last year, you know, and his down year is still incredible, but, um, but like, you know, injuries start to hit some of these guys at, at the wrong times. And, and, and you just don't know how long that window is going to be open. And so it, it feels like you're, you're like the, 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 my read on the Tampa situation is it feels like there's, they're trying to kind of play both worlds a little bit where they're focused on still winning a little bit. Like they still want to win. Like Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in, 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 in the, in the league, Chris Godwin's an incredible receiver. They've got weapons um, that should enable them to be competitive still. And the missing piece is that quarterback. And so you go with a completely unproven guy in Kyle Trask, and he hasn't gotten this opportunity because he's playing behind, you know, perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time. And Tom Brady he was still playing at a very high level and, and leaned on probably far more than he should have been leaned on uh, last, last season. And I know they had the offensive line injuries last season that probably played a bigger role than anything else. Uh, or do you go with a veteran who, you know, yeah, maybe he hasn't delivered at the highest levels yet, but you know what you're getting in Baker Mayfield. And, um, you know, an interesting thing you bring about make Baker Mayfield is, you know, I, I say this a lot about Marco Fultz, the Magic's point guard. You know, he's dealt with injuries his entire his entire career, you know, throughout most of his career, even coming to Orlando. And it's just like that talent that made him a number one pick, that doesn't go away. It, it, you're like they're usually not wrong on these things. Like these are talented players. And it's just about finding the right situation. Maybe there's some bad injury luck. Um, you don't just completely go away from that. And so, you know, you, you, you kind of hear it sometimes saying maybe, maybe this time it'll be different with this, this guy. And, and Baker's had a few chances, certainly more chances than, than Markel had before he came to Orlando. But it feels like the Bucks are still focused on, on winning. And, and that, that feels to be like one of the big tensions with, with the franchise right now. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing, right? As Baker Mayfield led the Cleveland Browns to their first playoff win in three decades. And he did it against a division rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So th this guy is is talented. He won the Heisman Trophy. He you know, was the number one overall pick in the draft. He has a playoff victory under his belt. And it seemed like the Browns really used an injury as an excuse to kick him out of the city. And yes, the decision for him to play injured should have been taken out of his hands. He, he thought he was fighting through it and gritting it out for the betterment of the team. He should have been told, no, we're not putting you on the field. That's to me is a management issue in Cleveland. Do not let the most important position, the starter at the most important position on your football team play hurt. And they found a way to use that as an excuse that that lackluster performance when he was injured all of 2021 to kick him out of the city and bring in Deshaun Watson. We don't know how that's going to play out yet. You know, Deshaun only played a couple of games last year, but then he goes to the Carolina Panthers who were already a sinking ship. They were not only was the ship sinking, but it was engulfed in flames with Matt rule in charge <laughs> over there. Then they start throwing all their best players off of the team. It was a complete nightmare. The guy goes out to Los Angeles and within 48 hours of signing with the team leads them to a fourth quarter comeback when the guy's number one receiver in that situation was Ben Skoranek and nothing against Ben Skoranek. I'm sure he's a, a wonderful as, human being, but that's as a not Northwestern as a Northwestern alum. Ben Skoranek isn't is, is maybe I shouldn't talk glowingly about Northwestern football right now, but, but Ben Skoranek was an awesome player at Northwestern. But yeah. like, I, like I always say about Northwestern, I see the Illinois flag in the back. There's a reason why guys end up at Northwestern. Like we, we, we know right. it. We, we know, we know it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, 
he's a role player. He shouldn't be the number one on a football team. He he plays well in his role, but there was no Cooper Cup out there. There was no running game over there. They were as as riddled with injuries as the Buccaneers were. You know, they essentially had one starter on the offensive line all last season in Tampa, and that was Tristan Wirfs. You lose your your center the second day of training camp, and it was a revolving door, and it was a giant mess. So the offensive line is going to be better. How much better, we don't really know. They they struggled a little bit in the preseason game, but Baker Mayfield getting this opportunity, and, and he's taking it extremely seriously that this is his shot. This is his shot to prove that the Browns were wrong, that the Panthers were just a bad organization. And if Matthew Stafford wasn't still in Los Angeles, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if Baker Mayfield got another opportunity there, but the guy wants to start. And he's not going to start over Matthew Stafford. He And he's he's not going to be you know the, the second option when he had opportunities around the NFL where he could be the guy. So it's kind of a, a perfect storm of things for the Buccaneers where Todd Bowles, is in his final opportunity to succeed as a head coach. Jason Light is trying to show that he has built a team that can compete, that can win, that can go to the playoffs even without Tom Brady. And Baker Mayfield is saying, I'm a starter, uh, a starting quarterback in this league, and I'm going to show all of you that you screwed up and you're wrong about me. Yeah, and like that's a powerful thing. I mean, again, like talent doesn't go away. Baker's shown some really promising things, and you know, there's that the narrative has been built up around him. And I think, and and you just got yeah, situation matters. Like, uh, like I I say this all the time when it comes to the NBA draft. Um, you know, and, and you could probably say this about any draft. You know, there are a lot of talented players that just get lost in the shuffle of bad situations, bad coaches, mm-hmm. bad bad the wrong play style for that player, just just a vision for that player that doesn't quite match his talent. And, and, you know, I think really even across any sport, it's about, it's about the player finding the right fit and, and, and they don't always find the right fit off the draft and it becomes harder off the draft because now there's tape on you saying like, oh, this is what he did in this system. And, and, you know, especially, you know, the NBA is very plug and play in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of the teams run a lot of the same actions, a lot of the same stuff and, and play some of the same style. And it's just the, the, the main players that you have setting everyone else up. The NFL, there are legitimate differences between defensive styles, you know, a 3-4 defense versus a 4-3 defense, uh, you know, a, a spread, uh, you know, NFL offenses feel like they're getting a little bit more kind of plug and play and, and similar, but, you know, you have your West Coast offenses, you have your kind of more traditional run-based offenses. There's There are real differences, uh, and and I, I think especially in football, you get put in the wrong situation where you don't have the support, where you, you know, especially young guys who aren't given the chance to make mistakes. Um and learn from them that that's, that's, you know, guys can get lost in the shuffle very, very easily. And the, and the lifespan of an NFL player is just insanely short. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a, to some degree. Uh, to, to that point, you mentioned the offensive line. Offensive line that was the big problem for the Bucks last year. Obviously, a ton of injuries there. It, 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 it that, that's like your spine where there's a problem. If there's a problem on the if there's a problem on either line, the offensive or defensive line, it just kind of radiates out from there. <laughs> out from there, um, how, you know. I know there's the big the big switch switch. I'm blanking on on who who with the with the position, but 
Uh, how is that offensive line coming coming around, and, and and how important is that to letting everyone see, you know, whether Baker or, or, or Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask can 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 fulfill the role at quarterback? Yeah, uh, of course. the The change that you're referring to is Tristan Wirfs moving from right tackle over to left tackle, and and I've said numerous times on our show, if he is eighty percent at left tackle, what he was at right tackle the Buccaneers have a still have a top five player at the position because to me, he was bar none, the best right tackle in all of football. Uh, outside of that, they bring in Matt Filer from Los Angeles. Uh, he was with the chargers and he has starting experience. He's going to be locked and loaded at the left guard position. The question is from the center to the right. And, and I say the question is at center right now because it does not look like Ryan Jensen is going to be available to start the season. And for some of your listeners that may not be completely tuned in with the Buccaneers, but remember that playoff loss to the Dallas Cowboys, they're thinking now, wait a minute, Ryan Jensen came back and played in that playoff game. Why isn't he ready? Well, he hasn't been cleared for contact. And that's kind of a tough situation when you're entering the, entering the second preseason game and you know, he still hasn't been cleared for contact. I don't know how they cleared him for the playoff game last year, but he's still dealing with that knee injury that he suffered in training camp last year, where essentially his entire knee turned into string cheese. That's really the kindest way I could put it. And he opted not to have surgery. There was a really incredible, very long form article about his recovery in the athletic right before that playoff game. And he was doing rehab. He was doing physical therapy. He was doing stem cell injections. He was doing everything he could to avoid surgery and get his way back on the field to help the Bucs in the playoffs. He's still trying to recover from that injury. So it's a battle right now between Robert Hainsey, who started at center for the Buccaneers last year, and Nick Leverett, who's kind of the Swiss Army knife. He can play any of the five positions, but there's a battle right now for who's going to start at center while they wait on Ryan Jensen. Outside of that, they got a rookie in Cody Malk at the right guard position. He looked okay against the Steelers, but then he also looked like a rookie. Had two brutal uh, drive-killing penalties uh, during during that game. Then you have Luke Gedeke, who struggled so much at right guard last year. Now he's returning to his collegiate position of right tackle. Still struggled a lot. He was... The the guilty party in two of Kyle Trask's three sacks. It was the guy that Gedeke was blocking, blew right past him, and laid Kyle Trask on the turf. So it's far from fixed. This is this is a, a far cry from what the Buccaneers had when Ali Marpet was still playing, and he was lined up with Donovan Smith. And Donovan Smith has had his ups and downs. He's in Kansas City now, but without Ali Marpet there next to him, he was a disaster. Last year, um, you know, Shaq Mason is gone. Uh, Alex Kappa, who was the the right guard before Shaq Mason, he's in Cincinnati. So it'll be better than kind of a ragtag misfit mishmash group that they kept putting out there because of all the injuries. But the jury's still out as to how how good or how bad the right side of that line is going to be. Yeah, and 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 again, like I said, like that's that's the 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 spine of your entire offense. Like the offense just cannot function if the quarterback's constantly worried about getting hit. You can't establish a run game. You can't do all the things that you need to do to establish a right. strong offense. It's 
you know, I, I don't want to say it's a, a, like a, it's like running an, a, an NBA offense without a point guard. Cause that's kind of your quarterback, but it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like having a defense without a solid kind of rim protect rim protector almost on, on, on in the NBA, where it's just like something solid as, as, as your base to kind of, to, to, to get everything moving and get everything going in the right direction. Um, you know, we've talked about some of the stars on this team. Obviously, it's the quarterback issue. The, the receiving core is still pretty strong. So if, if those guys have time, they got they got they got players they can distribute the ball to. But who who on this team? And, and we can begin bringing the defense in here a little bit too. Who on this team is someone that we're not talking about a lot right now that that is in line for a big season that you know could maybe flip things flip things over for the Bucks. Well, there's there's the usual suspects, right? Vita Vea, he's always going to be talked about the the arguably the best linebacking duo in football and Levante David and Devin White. They're going to be talked about Shaq Barrett coming back off injury. He's going to be talked about someone who is talked about, but not talked about anywhere close to enough that is going to be such a key contributor to this defense is Antoine Winfield Jr. And Antoine Winfield Jr. was playing at an all-pro level last year before he got bit by the injury bug, and, and he was missing games here and there. But now, Antoine has an opportunity to revert back to kind of that ball hawk that we saw early on, uh, you know, his rookie season when the, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl. But he's so versatile, and he does so many things really, really well that – you don't know what he's going to do. And in a Todd Bowles defense, that's the guy that you want. That's the guy that all of a sudden, is he dropping in coverage? Is he in man? Is he in zone? Is he blitzing? Is he coming up in the box to defend the run? You know, he can be placed anywhere on the football field and whatever you think he's about to do, he's not. And it's going to put opposing offenses in really, really tough situations because Antoine will come right up there right next to Vita Vea and show blitz. Then all of a sudden he takes about four steps back and just watches the quarterback and the quarterback thinks he's safe throwing the ball. Now all of a sudden it's an Antoine Winfield Jr.'s hands. He's, he's that guy and he's worked so hard on perfecting what has been affectionately known as the peanut punch. And for those that don't know what that is, it was named after peanut Tillman from the Chicago bears uh, quite a while ago where he has a knack for punching the football out of somebody's hand and creating turnovers. So Antoine was already looking like an all pro last year. Now he gets the opportunity to be a leader and to be utilized in every different way you could possibly utilize him. He is in for a massive season. Yeah. And I, and I think for as much focus there is on, on the offensive side of the ball. And obviously when you have a, a Tom Brady, like, the gravity goes to him that this team, you know, really throughout Brady's three years was, was built on its defense. Like even last yeah. year, the defense was really, really strong. It is, you know, there, there are teams that have been able to be carried by their defense. I think that, I think it, the modern NFL, kind of like the modern NBA, it's, it's, it's really hard to be a defensive team. If you're not scoring yourself, um, it's, it's just the way the offenses are in, in the NBA is this way. We're seeing the most efficient offenses in league history and, and, you know, the magic, like I'll bring this example in just to, just to make sure I get a magic mention in here. Um, af, you know, af, after December 7th, the magic had the sixth best defense in the league by defensive rating, but they're still giving up 113 points per hundred possessions. They're still 
having games where they give up a ton of threes. There, there's just sometimes nothing you can do. And, you know, I think the NFL, I don't think it's completely in that direction where there's just nothing you can do sometimes, but there are definitely teams where a good defensive game is holding them under 30. And that, and that, and that, that would have been preposterous, you know, uh, like even a decade ago. Um, is this Bucks defense the kind of defense that can, that can still carry this team while the offense you know, gets settled with the new quarterback and, and and kind of finds its way or struggles even perhaps with, with, with some of the new, new changes that are there. Oh, they absolutely are. There's no question about it. And they were still a good defense last year, even though they lost nine games. You know, a lot of those, they were keeping their opponents under 20 points, but Byron Leftwich was so far out of his realm that he couldn't orchestrate a NFL caliber offense without Bruce Arians over his shoulder that it cost him a job like this is a this is a guy in in Byron Leftwich I'm talking about that went from head coaching candidate two years ago to out of the league because his offense was so anemic last year and a big reason that they still ended up winning the division is because Tom Brady still had enough magic still had enough pull that when he's running that two minute offense and they're just a touchdown away he can get that job done so this defense. They focused a lot on speed. It was all about speed. You have Shaq Barrett coming back. He said that he's feeling good. He's pretty much 100%. You have to have Joe Tryon Shoyinka, their, their first pick from a couple of years ago. He has to step up. He was so good at getting pressure, but he's so bad at closing the deal. He couldn't turn pressures into sacks, and not being able to do that turned into big plays for the offense because the quarterback was able to buy some time, roll out, whatever the case may be. He has to learn to be a closer. But then you had Kalijah Kansi, who is stupid quick off of the snap. Now he gets to line up with Vita Vea. You're hoping for a little bit of a second year boost in Logan Hall, their draft pick from uh, right before the, the 2022 season. Servasie Dennis, he's another rookie that they added who – when I sat down, David and I, we went through and we each picked some games of the Buccaneers draft picks that we would watch. And then we would come together and give our thoughts. We watched different games. Neither one of us watched the same game. And then we would see what each other saw. We're trying to watch Kalijah Kansi and Servasier Dennis keeps popping off the screen. Every time we're, we're watching Kansi, oh, Dennis just made another play. Oh, Dennis just intercepted the ball again. This kid is something special. And he's he's kind of stuck because you got Levante and you got Devin there, but he's <laughs> going to get his opportunity to get on the field. But it's been all about speed. So this this defense is still built to be very difficult to deal with. It's still a Todd Bowles defense, which we know in the NFL is very good. And it looks like Todd Bowles is going to relinquish the play calling, which I really, really like. He's trying out both of his co-defensive coordinators as play callers. And if you could take that one extra thing off of Todd Bowles' plate and let him just be a head coach, just oversee the game and trust his coordinators to do what they need to do and call the plays that they need to call, this defense is going to keep the Buccaneers in a lot of games. It'll be on Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield in that offense to make sure that they end up with just, you just need one more point than the other team. And uh, the the defense is really going to help them out in, in being uh, contenders throughout the season. 
Yeah, and I think that that kind of leaves us with 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 the last question that that we have is this team has been to the playoffs now three straight years. They're they're still very capable. It feels like it doesn't feel like a lot of people are talking about them. The NFC South is still a bit of a mess. Um, is you know the Bucks you know usually losing your quarterback, losing you know the be, you know a, the best player of all time, perhaps. Um, is this team still a, a playoff team in your opinion? Is this team is is this still a team that should be thinking about January January football? I think they have the talent to play football in January. I'm not going to sit here and say that they would have a chance against the Eagles or the 49ers when it comes time to to get into the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and predict that they're going to even win the division. But in the in the NFC, with the way the AFC is stacked and the NFC really is kind of wide open, especially their division, I think they have an opportunity to surprise some people and end up finding their way into the postseason. I do think that the Saints are probably the most talented team in the division, but I don't understand the hype surrounding the Falcons. Yeah, they made they made some good moves, but Desmond Ritter is still an unknown. And, and I'm a guy in, in southwestern Ohio that I'm 40 minutes away from UC. I, I watched a lot of UC football, a lot of UC basketball, and I like Ritter. But I don't know if his game translates to the NFL. Everybody's all over the Carolina Panthers. Well, I wasn't sold on Bryce Young prior to the NFL draft. I, I was sitting here saying, if I'm a GM, I'm not touching Bryce Young. I'm certainly not touching C.J. Stroud. The, the quarterback to me with the most potential is Anthony Richardson. So I think the Colts got the best of the three. Time will tell. But... You know, outside of of Bryce Young, even if he is exciting, what else do the Panthers really have to offer? Uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, like these aren't these aren't names that are striking fear into the hearts of of a lot of people. So yeah, the the division is wide open, and when you take a look at the Bucks' schedule, it's still a first place schedule, which is is kind of tough. They do have to play the Eagles, they do have to play the Niners, they do have to play the Buffalo Bills in that extra uh nfc versus afc 17th game so those are going to be really tough tasks but they get the colts they get the titans they get the texans they get their own division you know that that right there is nine of your 17 games the bucks could easily go seven and two in those games so with all the talent still on the roster if baker can be 2020 baker this team's going to the playoffs Cool. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely, I mean, that's the beauty of the NFL is like, it always feels like anything is possible. It's, it's something you wish the NBA had a little bit more of sometimes. And, you know, yeah. at the playing tournament, they, they're starting to introduce a little bit more of that parody in there, but the Bucks are still obviously a very talented team and a team team that, you know, all of us here in central Florida, we get, we get the Bucks games on Fox uh, anyway, but yeah. a team, a team that is going to be worth watching and a team that's going to be very interesting. Um, let me get you out of here on this most important question that I have to ask. Better throwback jersey, magic pinstripe jerseys, or the Bucks creamsicles. Which ones should be the per? Which ones should are more likely to be the permanent jerseys moving forward? Well, the permanent jersey moving forward, I would say the magic, but the better of the two, <laughs> undoubtedly, is the creamsicle. And, and of course, you know, I I grew up watching basketball in what I consider the greatest era of basketball. We're talking 
the 90s Chicago Bulls. Yep. We're talking the magic with with my guy Nick Anderson. You know, we we mentioned the the Illinois. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was my granddad's letter that he got for running track for the, the University of Illinois. Um, but yeah, Penny Hardaway, Shaq, Scott Skiles, like that, you know, the Bulls-Knicks rivalry, it was like, that was, oh, that was the best time. And and yeah, when the when the Magic debuted, those baby blue pinstripe oh, yeah. jerseys back, I think it was 96 95 season they wore them they wore them in the finals yeah yeah 95 96 like those were elite yep jerseys those things were just absolute fire and as much as i was a bulls fan i don't know if people could tell over my head that's a that's a michael (laughs) jordan funko up there from the dream team i got a giant michael jordan funko over here um i loved penny hardaway man yeah he was just he was something special and it's just unfortunate that that injuries kind of derailed him. And and, you know, it is what it is. I know Shaq has even said, like, Penny could have been better than Kobe. And and that's pretty high praise. So, yeah, I would I would say I would love it if the Magic made those their permanent jerseys. But if I have to choose between the two, those creamsicles are just their next level. Those so those, those those creamsicles are just just so so unique. Like no one no one wears that. No one wears that color. And 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 like I remember my my first NFL game. I think was a preseason game between the Bucks and the Dolphins at the Citrus Bowl here. Yeah, um, and the Bucks wore the whites, uh, but they still had the Bucko Bruce uh, logo, which was which was awesome. Which was awesome. Um, but that was that was that was a long, long time ago. They stopped doing that annual preseason game here in Orlando. Now we're just the largest market without it, without an NFL team, and that's not going to happen anytime soon because we got two team we got two teams that claim us as their secondary market. Um, James, uh, I want to thank you for coming on here and, and giving us a quick preview of the Bucks. Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and follow you along follow along the season? Yeah, of course, you can uh, follow me and my co-host, David Harrison, on Locked on Bucks five days a week. Uh, that's B-U-C-S. Leave off the K because then you're going to get nasty. You get, you're going to get that other team that no one and likes. and You're and, going to you get know. like the nasty Milwaukee stuff. Yeah. And you're nasty school in Columbus that nobody, nobody likes. likes them. <laughs> I say that because my co-host, David Harrison, is an Ohio State fan, but Ohio State. <laughs> worst um as far as my written content i am the deputy editor of sb nations bucks nation.com so you'll you'll find me on there and of course on twitter at jayarko underscore bucks yeah definitely check him out uh, i've list, I, I have locked on bucks in my regular rotation of locked on podcasts uh, i do follow the bucks i also follow the jags like i'm 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 a i'm, a, I'm an nfl free agent but I, I like to keep it in state um but uh James and David do a great job covering the Bucks, and, and, and it's going to be a really interesting season. We'll see if it's exciting, but it's going to be a real interesting season um, at the ver- at the very, very least. Um, James, I want to thank you for hopping on here on Locked Off Magic, and, and hopefully we will uh, we'll, we'll see you soon and see you, see you in the Super Bowl. All right. It was my pleasure. I'll talk to you soon, Philip. I want to thank James Yarko for joining Locked On Magic, giving us a lowdown on the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers team right down the street on I-4. Uh, don't forget to go check back and check out our episode with Tony Wiggins on uh, lock on, on on the Jacksonville Jaguars from Locked On Jaguars. There's a lot of great NFL podcasts. Whoever your team is, you can find a Locked On podcast for you to search for Locked On in a team you're looking for, or go to Locked On Podcast.com. There's a page for all of us. You can find your favorite team, your Locked On podcast, right there in one location. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google, 
Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast and listen advice related on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, like I said, or later today's episode of Locked on Magic, we will dive head first into the schedule. We might hit the bottom. We might scrape a knee, but we are going to dive all the way into the schedule. 82 games, hopefully 83. Certainly the goal is to play at least 83 games this season. Uh, we'll dive all the way into the schedule. Again, that podcast will probably be coming out late Thursday evening. Uh, so definitely subscribe to the podcast feed. Get that get that schedule. Get the lowdown. Have your calendars ready. We will go through every single date on the Magic Calendar on tomorrow's episode, on our next episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, it's been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.